0: I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, April 18, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Let's cut through the salad. Let's get right to the meat and potatoes. Where are we? What's going on? So here's my take. The market's going to make a move. It's going to make a move next week. The question is, which way? Are the put buyers going to be paid off? Or are we going to have another melt up to the upside? And if so, where would that take us in terms of price? What we're going to do in this video is discuss both sides of the coin. We're going to look at both Equations, we're, we're going to know the critical or important numbers either on the north side or the south side. That's all we really need to know, the important numbers. Once we know those, the rest generally takes care of itself. Before we really start going full steam ahead, let me pause Thank everybody for participating and posting comments underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction. You know how I especially love the banter back and forth. If it's worthy and only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. So here's what we'll do today. Let's work from the center out. So let's start with where we are right now. Where we are is on top of what I believe is an important number. It's been up there for a long time. It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. 290 was on the board. It's an important number. The market closed today or the spider closed today, 290.02. No accident, no coincidence. It's an important number. The fact that it's an important number is interesting because it didn't really give us a tip off one way or the other. Had we closed convincingly below 290 today, I may be telling a different story. However, we closed on top of it. It leaves, at least for me, it leaves the market open to interpretation. So I'm going to give you both interpretations. Let's start out with a simple recap. We just finished out the week. It was a four-day trading week. There's no trading on Friday, which is Good Friday. Trading will resume on Monday. The market's in an uptrend. We're above all the moving averages. We're into an important area in both time and price. That doesn't mean we can't go higher, but it does mean that we are at an important zone slash price. All week, all we did was gap higher and go sideways and basically finish the week right where we started it. Look what happened. Last Friday, we gapped higher And we opened the day at 290, we closed the day at 290.16. We traded in and around 290, back and forth through it all week long. All we did was banter back and forth ever since the gap higher last Friday. Today we closed two pennies above the opening print from last Friday. That's another way to look at the market as far as I can see is winding up to make another move conventional wisdom would say the market's not going to go higher it's going to top out it's making a rounded top as I've heard some other people want to bring up, mention, discuss I don't see it that way what I see is a market that's in an uptrend it got to 290 it's having trouble getting above but yet again was not rejected by 290 and that's one of the most important takeaways we keep discussing this The market has gotten to certain numbers, but has not been significantly rejected away from those numbers. I look at that, and I say, how can that not be important? Now, if we wake up Monday morning, and the market's gapping down, then the market will have been rejected finally away from the 290 area. That's fine, but this far, we haven't been rejected away from 290. We had the one day yesterday, which was the gap in crap. Everybody got excited. A lot of puts were bought in the market. Who bought the puts? Traders that are chomping at the bit to short the market. They're looking for the big score. They're looking to catch a ride on the express elevator. I get that, but here's what you have to note. The market knows that too, as does the trick-trap fool and frustrate crew. Just file that in the back of your mind for a second and let's talk about something else that didn't happen. We have yet to fill the gap. 291.72. Now, there is another way to look at this, which is the market came up short, is not going to fill the gap, we'll trade away from it, that would be very, very bearish. That is one way to look at it and if that happens, that is a bearish signal. That's fine, we can accept that, but we need something else to work with. What would be confirmation that the market really has topped out and is heading down, is heading a lot lower. Well, we would have to get below 287. We would have to start closing first hourly and then daily below 287 for me to buy the story that they're not going to fill the gap. It's it. It's over. We're going to have a correction. A lot of stuff can happen in between now and then. I'm just saying that would really be the first order of business for this market To begin to get my mind to look at it as turning the trend down. It will happen eventually. It's a matter of from where. That's my real bogey on the downside. That's my sell trigger. Would have to be getting below 287. That would be the beginning of a sell trigger for me. Based on where we are and what the chart is telling me right now. Intraday, intraday traders. Little bit different of a story we'll know before that but this is based on a daily chart which is the best i can do in a video like this inside the numbers members we'll have closer stuff so far we've got two important numbers we've got the one we're at now which is 290 we've got 287 that could trigger a sell signal sending the market further south what else did we have well Inside the numbers, members this morning also were privy to the fact that we had two gaps left open. Not privy, but we're reminded. We had two gaps left open. We had the gap below and the gap above. One was filled, as you can see, that gap. And we look at the opening price, 288.83. The low today happens to be 288.66. And you can see we had a pretty nice reaction away from that gap. That's bullish here's the low here 288.66, and we had a pretty nice rally away from that price to get back above the 290 price so we know two things a we know we like for the bull case we like a good reaction off of filling a gap down below we know what happens when they go and get a gap and they hover down there they're usually setting up to go lower that didn't happen they bounced away from that gap that's bullish We still have a gap above. I contend we fill the gap. That's my story until proven otherwise. Let's talk a little bit deeper about that gap. So we made a run for the gap on the gap in crap from Wednesday. And now if we went back up there after a reset, let's say we went back up there Monday. Let's say we even went down Monday or Tuesday and then turned around and tried to go back and fill the gap. So we would essentially have had a pullback or, quote-unquote, a reset. Is the gap any good for a trade? Are they likely to stop at the gap at that point? Or are they likely to trade through the gap? Well, there's a couple of answers. Number one is, for intraday, short-term scalp trading purposes, you might get a reaction off the gap. However, looking at the daily chart, I wouldn't be so comfortable in just putting on a position at the gap, turning around and walking away because the fact that they had that pullback, the fact that they had that reset tells me that if they go back north again, they're going to go through the gap. If that happens, how high? Well, I'm not telling you, it's a secret. There are no secrets. There are just things we don't know or haven't learned yet. So what's the number? Actually, the high that we had Back in September, September of 2018, was 293.94. So we'll just call it 294 for argument's sake. It's about 40 S&P handles away from where we are. At this point, I would say if they go to fill the gap, they're going to make a run for the highs. Whether they get through the highs or not, that's an open question. That would basically be a guess. Maybe they come up short. Maybe they hit it to the tick. Maybe they punch through by 10 or 15 handles. But much more than that, I would have a hard time believing the market's just going to take off to the upside. For argument's sake, if we found the SPY up at 295, for argument's sake, 294, 295, 296, up in that neighborhood, I would be a willing participant on the short side, even with an extra hand, meaning I would likely be willing to short the market with three hands up there. Again, it's obviously a real-time decision based on what's going on at the time, but I'm just giving you my thought process as I sit here and I look at the numbers, I look at where the market is, I look at the current state of the market, I look up at my bookshelf and I scan it and I say, we've read this book before. I know one of those books opens a trap door, but for the most part, we've read them all, Here's what I'll tell you. They want to make it look like it's going to be a runaway market. This is if they're going north, right? If they're going to go fill the gap and they're going to go higher and we start talking about new highs, the pundits get involved, the media gets involved, the talking heads, the hedge fund managers, the mutual fund managers, everybody's riding the bull. They'll start zeroing in on S&P 3000. Right now, SPX, which is the cash index, Closed at 29.05 and change. If we start pushing higher, they'll zero in on 3,000. You'll start to hear the price targets of 3,250, 3,400, 3,300, all kinds of stuff will come out of the woodwork. And that will be symbiotic with the melt up. That will be the finishing move. And that will be a fantastic shorting opportunity if it panned out that way. Does it ever pan out the way you design it? Unlikely, it rarely ever does, but you have to map it out. You have to map out all the possibilities. One of them is going to play out similar to what we mapped out as a schematic. Before we move on to other markets, let me just mention a little tidbit of something I see on the hourly chart of the SPY. So traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-mini Trader should see something very, very interesting on the hourly chart. The spider did something. It's right out of the course. We talk about it. We discuss it. It's extremely important. And I'm here to tell you, it's bullish. Now, whether it works out that way, we'll find out leading into Monday and beyond But I'm here to tell you that if you don't see what it is, you need to email me because you need to understand what you're looking at. That's if you've taken the course. If you haven't taken the course, that's a different story. But if you've taken the course and you don't see what I'm referring to, you need to know. It's the little things that make a huge difference between profitable and unprofitable traders. I can assure you of that. Camp IWM. What's going on in Camp IWM? Is this the canary in the coal mine? We're going to find out sometime soon. We didn't get any new information from the IWM today. We didn't really get any new information across the markets by and large today because the markets were rather quiet. They were up a little bit, but we're leading into a long three-day holiday weekend. Volume remains relatively light all week long. And as we know, as the market's gone higher and higher, the volume gets lighter and lighter. The average daily volume goes down. The actual daily volume goes down. We challenge some of the lightest volume trading sessions of the year, day after day after day. So we know a couple of takeaways from the light volume scenario. If heavy volume comes into the market, it's going to move the market and it's going to move it quickly. Whether that volume is on the upside, meaning the buy side or the sell side, either way, the market's going to move and it's going to move fast. The other thing we haven't seen, we have not seen institutional conviction based buying. We've seen the market creep up. We've seen it float up, but we've seen it go up on light volume, which is lacking institutional conviction and without institutional conviction, We're not going to get another leg higher in this market. We might get a spike higher, but we're not going to get a leg higher. We have the same story in the IWM. We have a potential lower high, but we also have the potential that the IWM is also winding up for another leg higher. You have to look at the market both ways. If I just show you the trend line and say, hey, look, this is running into resistance and it's going to go back down. I can do that. But I already did that. That's the one case. I have to give you the other side. The other side of that is we moved higher. We've pulled back into the moving averages, which are converging the 50 and the 20 period moving average. And there will be another leg higher in the IWM. Maybe it's fast. Maybe it's long. But however, it is possible. That's option number two. Option number three is somewhere in between, and we've been discussing this from the jump. Now, here's the deal. This is the one that I'm paying closest attention to. We're back to the trend line. So let's say that the IWM challenges this, tries to poke its head through. Maybe it closes above a day or so, but then it recaptures on the downside. We never really get too far away. We never close above that pivot up at 160. Let's just say that's the scenario, and we end up making a lower high. That's bearish because the position of the IWM on the daily chart and others is in a completely different position than the SPY, and I think we have to take note of it. I think it's important. Don't take it lightly. What's doing over in the transportation department? Well, there's nothing doing today in the transportation department. It was up about 50 points or one-half of 1%. So there's a divergence from the IWM. The S&P was up. The transports were up. The Dow was up. The NASDAQ was up slightly, just two points. So that's a rounding error. And the transports put in a doji candle. However, we're in an uptrend above all the moving averages. There's a gap below us. Not the gap that was already filled, but a newly made gap. So if the transports fell south a little bit, there would be natural at least short term support at ten thousand eight and a quarter give or take, so the week is closed, and here's where the transports close the week so I'll just move this over a little bit so you can see the numbers. The week closes out at 10,988 spot twenty two The high over here is 11,044.67. So obviously, we closed below an important number. We talked about this already. There's another one right above. If, and only if, the market actually spiked higher would get above the 11,245, here's a possibility we'll see. Let's say... The market did have a spike higher. All markets. Everything was in melt up mode, even if it's for a short period of time. Let's just say hypothetically that's going on. So we're now in that hypothetical scenario. We're above the high of 11,044, and somehow, somewhere along the way, we're making a run for 11,245 or higher even. And then we end up at some point in time, whether it's within that week or the following week, recapturing. Remember the term recapture, recapturing the weekly breakdown candle that we have yet to close above, did not close above this week. Now, did I just write a little tiny fiction book? I might have, but I'm just saying when I look at charts, you're getting the first thing that comes to my mind. Does the first thing that comes to my mind always happen that way? No, of course not. But sometimes it does. Technology, the cues. What's going on in Silicon Valley? Any change? Absolutely not. The queues were up 30 cents. It's just a grind higher. It's another day where it's just up a little bit. Continues to grind higher. The moving averages continue to grind higher. There's nothing wrong with this market. You can't find anything wrong with this market. Here's a weekly chart. We made a new high today. We didn't close at a new high. We didn't close At a new all-time high, we did peak through intraday, but this is a new closing high. So when we look at the weekly chart, what do we have? We have a market that's well above all the moving averages. It's bullish, it's in an uptrend, but it's ridiculous. How does this end? Well, we'll know after the fact, but it could end with a blow-off top, and then it could end very, very badly. When everybody runs for the exits at the same time, some fall down, some get trampled, some get bloody. This is not the market that's finding final destination and everybody else is going to follow suit. This market is just going higher and it will stop going higher when the S&P 500 decides it's found final destination and it's over. This is a freight train, don't get in front of it. But when this does correct, it's going to get ugly fast. But you don't know if a correction is going to start Monday morning Or from 195 that's why we wait for a sign and a signal of a trend change it's taught in the course at lazy e-mini trader there are several and you need to know them while we're on weekly charts I switch over to the XLF and let's start here so what I want to point out is something else that didn't happen there's really two things that didn't happen so here's a breakdown candle high 27.47 27.47 that's an important number the market or the XLF is at 27.34 so we didn't close above that level we didn't close above that price tag we made a high of 27.46 this high here once again 27.47 no accident no coincidence but here's what didn't happen we didn't trade away from it the market really wasn't rejected look where we are in the daily chart We're now above all the moving averages. We know that. We've been there. And market was not rejected from these pivot tops up here. So it's interesting to me how that's certainly not bearish behavior. I have to look at that as at minimum of neutral, mostly bullish behavior. If the market was going to get rejected, it would have been rejected already. That's in my humble opinion. That's only an opinion. But we do know one thing. One thing is, without the financials, it's unlikely that the market's going to get very far on the upside. Well, here are the financials in a pretty good position, closing the week out right near an important number, not being rejected from that same number. Why do I look at things that didn't happen? I'm not sure there's really an answer as to why, but what I can tell you is, I took an art class in school, and I'm a terrible artist, and I don't even pretend to be an artist. I don't even play one on TV, nothing like that. But I did take a class, and while I didn't learn how to draw, what I did learn about was something called negative space. I'm going back over 30 years, and this never left me. Think about this for a second, because it does tie in. If you draw something on a piece of paper, whatever you draw on the paper is what most people see. So let's keep it simple and say you drew a house on the paper. You show somebody the paper, they see the house. The negative space is everything around the house, everything you didn't draw. Why isn't that part of the story? That's why I'm always looking elsewhere. I'm looking not only at what the market is showing me in real time, but I'm looking away. I'm looking at the negative space or I'm looking at what the market didn't do. To me, that's the same thing. I never taught that before. It's not like a secret or anything. It's just that I never taught it before. So write it down. Keep it aside. I think it's important. I've been using that consciously and unconsciously for a long, long time. Remember, My entire goal, not only with these videos, but with the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader and Lazy Gap Trader, my goal is to make you look at the market differently. It doesn't have to be what everybody else says it is. They're wrong. What are some of the fan favorites telling us? We talked about Apple the other day. We started talking about 205. Where are we now? We made a high today of 204. 15. Are we likely or unlikely to fill the gap? And let's see if we officially fill that gap just yet. That gap will be filled at 204.47. That's the way I look at it. That's my story. There's another gap right above. So we came up short today. Are they likely or unlikely to fill the gap? Well, is there anything wrong with this chart? Is this turning down? Or did it just have a nice big update yesterday and follow through today? Are we above all the moving averages? Gaps above, above all the moving averages. There's nothing wrong with this chart. You can't find anything negative in Apple until you switch over to the weekly chart. And then you see how far and how far and fast we've come since the December lows. And traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will be able to figure out where the likely stopping point or two is for Apple on the upside. Where are we likely to find overhead resistance when you look at the weekly chart and you go back down to the daily chart and you look at where those gaps are and you put it all together and that's exactly what I teach in the course step by step, piece by piece. We put together the puzzle so things become clear any problems with netflix netflix reported earnings netflix is doing fine is google telling us anything well it's certainly not a buy up here but from a technical perspective above all the moving averages it's trending higher it's moving higher you can't find anything technically wrong with this stock you flip over to the weekly chart and you see we're coming up into an important area this is a double top area Somewhere in here, there will be overhead resistance. Will we bust through to new highs? Will we come up short? Will we challenge the old highs? We don't know. I'm not an owner of Google. I have no dog in the fight. I'm just reporting what I see on the chart. I'm an umpire. I'm calling balls and strikes. On all these charts, I'm the guy in blue. And a color is a great place to wrap it tonight. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost.